Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. We're going to talk about the tabernacle. I love the tabernacle. All right, we're going to read Hebrews 8 and 5. They serve in a system of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here on the mountain. It's a shadow of the real one. And it's very important. He said there's only one way. So this is how, this is how he had him build it. This is a replica of heaven. So we might think, oh, it's Old Testament. It doesn't apply anymore. But we're gonna, I'm going to lay a foundation, and it's just going to be a speck of, a speck of what, he, what he's saying. So I'm praying, Lord, that this makes people hungry to search you out like a golden Easter egg, that they will search you out, Father, for the deep, deepest desires of your heart. And I thank you, Lord. Okay, so we start out, and we got the, the gate there. So that's the way. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to me, come to the Father, except through me, John 14, 6. So the gate is the way. So this is where I showed the kids, he calls you by name. He says, Ariana, come on in. She could say yes, or she could say no. Raya, come on in. And Raya can say yes, or he can say no. So we say yes, because no one can be led there only by the Father. So the gate is the way. Well, then we walk in, and in the Old Testament, you had the altar. And so then they would bring in their sacrifices. So there was many kinds of sacrifices. There was guilt sacrifices, there were offering sacrifices, there was grain, there was meat, there was everything. And you would bring in your sacrifices. And the priest would have you lay your hand on the animal, and your sins would go in the animal, and the animal would be sacrificed for your sin. But it never, it never took it away. It was still there. So he brought a new covenant, but I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that's the old covenant so we had to bring that in I said could you imagine the outer court the smell you have dead animals you have dried up blood the stench had to be horrendous so now you came in no one else you as a believer could not go any farther you could not go past the altar only the priest could go farther and then he would wash up in the brazen laver and clean himself up before he could enter in. Ooh, how am I going to do this? Okay, then you go on to the temple. Well, it says the temple here, but it's the Holy of Holies. No. What, what is the inner court called? You got the inner court. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, it's the inner court. Okay, so then you go in, he went in the inner court, 
But if he did not repent of his sins and the sins of the people, then he wouldn't come out when he went in. It was holy. So you can only get to God. It's, he's holy. There's only one way you can get to him. Oh, I'm, I know. I'm okay. <laughs> All right, just let me get a drink. Okay, and then, okay, you have the, see the five bars there, or the pillars? That represents the truth. It's the truth. And now, it's the fivefold ministry. Yeah, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. And he appointed some with grace to the apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with a grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare the holy believers to their own works and ministry. As they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. So as we enter in, okay, so only the priest could go in. I know I'm trying to figure out how to lay this out, but I want to do it at the same time. All right, Jesus, Jesus came, and on the brazen altar, we no longer have to do animals. So now he paid the perfect price. So now when we ask for forgiveness, it's gone. Gone. He, he paved the better way. He, and this, but this was all a replica of what was to come. So Jesus paid the price on the altar. And then we have the brazen laver. This is where we get baptized. We say to the world, yes, I'm going to, I say yes to you. I'm going to serve you. Then we enter in and we go in and you've got the, the lamp. The lamp stand has oil. It's constant. Well, I want to go back to the brazen altar. The brazen altar had to have a constant fire and it was never lit by the priests. It was lit by God, but they had to keep the never ending fire burning. So when you walk in the Holy of Holies, on the left, you have the lampstand, and there was, they always had to keep oil filling so that the would be lit. Then on the right, you had the table of showbread. And I'm going to go a little bit farther here on the table of showbread because the table of showbread means a lot. In the priest, they didn't have to worry about food. Even before Jesus, they didn't have to worry about food because they took a cut of the meat and then on the seventh day, they would take the bread that was on the table and they would refinish it with new bread. But they were never without. They were always taken care of. So they had everything they needed. They had all the provision. Well, now Jesus came. And then they had 12 loaves, loaves <laughs> two stacks of six on each side. And then that represented the 12 tribes of Judah. So the 12, so then they would pray when they went in, they wouldn't forget. They prayed for the 12 tribes of Judah, which were all around the outer perimeter of the fence. And then to go back to the gate, that's where the tribe of Judah was. And the tribe of Judah means praise. So you had to enter his gates with praise. So that was the only way in. You had to praise to get in. 
then we're on to the, oh, and then the table of showbread. I know I'm, Lord, help me get my words. I know. I want to be lower. All right. The 12 loaves. One, one of the things that means is provision. He's the bread of life. Back then, you know, they've memorized the Torah. They, ha- they only had the Torah. They don't have the word of God like we have the word of God. So, and, it, and also bread means fellowship. He wants fellowship with us and fellowship with each other. The bread was a sign of fellowship. You know, they would, you'd come in, you said, oh, you want some bread, you want some drink. Um, eternal, the eternal covenant between God and man, persecution will come when we serve him because there's frankincense on the bread. I read ahead. The eternal covenant between God and man will come when we serve him. So they would put frankincense on the bread because it means that he was bruised. It's the representation of him being bruised. So then we go in and then we go to the altar of incense. And this is where I'm trying to the altar of incense is where we bring our sweet aroma to him. Put your hands this way. We're going to pray right now. (laughs) Lord, we know that you have put a word in her, Father. You have prepared her and trained her for this moment. And Father, with uh, the anxiety and nerves that naturally come from being in front of people, Lord, but Lord, just put it into her soul and her spirit, Lord, that we love her. We're on her side, Lord, and let that confidence arise. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, we say come right now, Father, and give her strength. Father, let your word come for her mouth. Father, let her be a submissive vessel to the word that you want released today. So, Lord, we thank you for her, Lord, and we just ask you move right now to empower her for this moment. We thank you for the gift of God in her, in her, in who she is, Lord. Uh, We're so excited that Karen said yes. Y'all don't know, this is such a treat. And uh, she definitely has a word, and we believe that this is the the will of the Father. So she's going to release that, and we're just going to receive from that. What happens when you're up here is you feel the drawing. Everybody's drawing from you, and it feels a little intense, doesn't it? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. They're hungry. They're going to eat whatever you feed them. They're going to eat it. Right? Y'all going to all eat what she's feeding, right? All right, you got this. Ooh, let it flow, Father. Let it flow. Uh, all right. What I wanted to talk about is the priests, but I don't know if I laid in enough ground on the tabernacle. 
because you, you got the gate where you enter in. He calls us in. He calls us by name. And then we have the brazen altar in Jesus. He paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. He paid the ultimate. And we just take it nonchalant like, oh, yeah, he died on the cross for us. But come on, he died. He died for our sins when we rejected him. He came and he died for us. And then we go and we say, yes, Jesus. And we go to the brazen laver and we, we get baptized and we say in front of people, yes, I want to serve you. I want to serve you. But then we wander around in the outer court. What is my calling? What should I do? And, and we cry out and we say, oh, God, are you really real? And we're, we're laying around and, and we just say, how do we do this? We don't do this. Well, guess what? We got to go farther in. We got to go farther in. And there's a cost. He says, count the cost in Luke 14, 28. Count the cost because it's going to be costly. You're not going to be invited to things. There's things. The world is going to reject you. You're going to be persecuted. But all for him, for him, for him. Give up, he says in Luke 14, 33, give up everything you own. If you want to be salty, you can't have things that hold you to this world. Things hold us to this world. There are families that we hold, members we hold before God. There are things we hold. We Sometimes we hold our homes before God. These are things that keep us in the outer court. We don't want to stay in the outer court. Yes, are we going to heaven? Yes, Jesus died for us. Isn't that amazing? But don't you want more? If we're a hungry church, we want more. We want more. Have you, heard, have you ever heard a commander who's going to go out to war first sitting down doing strategic planning to determine the strength of his army, to win the war against the stronger opponent? If he knows he doesn't stand a chance of winning the war, he'll send out delegates to ask for terms of peace. Likewise, unless you surrender all to me, give up all your possessions, you cannot be my disciples." So he's already saying there what we have to do. But do we justify and we say, well, Lord, do you want to? No. When it holds our heart, he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to have things. But they can never be before him. He's calling us. He's calling us in. He's calling us in. Then we go in. This is the life-giving message we heard him share and is still ringing in our ears. We now repeat his words. God is pure light. You will never find a trace of darkness in him. If we claim that we share life in him, but keep walking in the realm of darkness, we're fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we keep living in the pure light that surrounds him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, continually cleansing us from all sin. Do we believe what the word says? Do we believe what the word says? He says... He says this, we will know who he is. If we are worried about our own agendas, we can get caught up in deception like the priest. The priest in Jesus' time, they were like, we're going to kill him because they were worried about rules and regulations. Well, they didn't walk right. They didn't dress like. He, he healed someone on Sunday. When we're wrapped up in the rules of religion, it will hold us back every time into the outer court. We have got to let go of religion and let Jesus do what he wants to do in us. Sometimes it might be a little weird and it might be a little crazy, or he might have you come and stand in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> 
And what he gave me this morning on the corner, I said, you are so right. And I'm not meaning this mean, but I was walking around in the outer court like Stevie Wonder because I couldn't see nothing. I'm like, how do I keep my eyes on you? How do I do this? I was wandering around out in the outer court. I loved him, but I didn't know how to go in. I didn't know how to go in. Well, his word says it. He's leading us. He's guiding us. He's drawing us. Read Song of of Songs. That will draw you in. um, We have to be violent to draw near. It takes everything in us to even spend one hour in his presence. I thought it was so good. Becky said, well, we'll have, oh, I need to make this list, or, oh, I need to text so-and-so, or I need to do this, because you'll go to get quiet with him, and everything. Or someone will say, can you do this for me? Can you... Everything, if we're not diligent to press near to him, we'll always be pulled away. We'll always be pulled away. It takes perseverance. It takes us crying out, we want more of you. We want more of you. We can't do this on our own. I think I'm going too far ahead, but okay. Um, I, oh, I want to make this clear. Romans 8.1. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in the life union with Jesus, the anointed one. So if there is no more condemnation, when them condemnation thoughts telling you you're not good enough. No, of course we're not good enough. It's him. It's him. We need him. We cannot allow those thoughts to take us back into the outer court. And I'm not trying to say the outer court is horrible, but he wants more, and we want more. We're a hungry church. We want more. We want more. I want some generational prayers to be answered. I want to go to the throne room and know that he hears my voice. I love my wild and crazy friend, Kim, who dropped me in the roof and saved my life who prayed for my husband to be healed. Come on, we need wild, tenacious friends and people that will go to the throne room and cry out for people and get their prayers answered. And that's what it is going in. We go in. He ripped the veil. We no longer are blocked from the Holy of Holies. Now think of this. If we're no longer blocked, we're no longer blocked. The veil's torn on the inside. Fire from heaven. This is where... Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we bring earth to heaven? Right there. Fire from heaven meets all the way down. It's Jesus, heaven, bam. If we want to bring heaven to earth, this is where it is. We run to the Holy of Holies. We run into his presence. He's calling a church to to come to him, to come to him and to worship. Now everybody says, well, what about ministry? What about the lost people out there? What are we going to do? We can't just stay in here all the time. Well, he is calling us. He is rising up a church. He's rising up a church that will go in and worship him. Do you know that the Bible says more about ministering to him than ministry itself? Because if we minister to him, we get wisdom from above We need to hear. We need to hear the enemy's plans. When we go in, we're going to hear the enemy's strategies. And then then we come out and we go and we do. And I'm not saying not to do ministry, but he's going to tell you here, not here in the outer court, 
We can wallow around our whole life doing good things, and it'll keep us in the outer court. Oh, well, that's a good thing. We're going to feed some people. We're going to give to this person and that person. Yeah, it's a good thing, but is it God's heart? A husband, I, I told Brian, I said, what if I loved flowers, and you said, well, flowers are a waste of money, but flowers got to my heart. If he brought me flowers, is he going to reap a benefit? Yes. God is that good, but that's not why we do it. We do it because he is good and we love him. But there are consequences. If Brian brings me flowers and I love flowers, it's, it, he's getting my heart, and that's what we want. We want to go to the throne, and we want to get Jesus' heart. We don't want to just do ministry. We don't, have we not been doing that for years on this earth? And it's not working because we need him. We need him. We can't even love him if we don't go in and know that he loves us and he has called us for such a time as this. If we don't even know, then we won't even know how to love anyone else. That's the first thing we got to do is we got to enter in and let him love us and know that there is nothing. There is nothing wrong with none of you. And then if there is, God is faithful to correct, not to condemn, but to correct and to bring you higher because he's always bringing us higher. He's always bringing us higher. There's always more of him, and he is always going to take us higher. I think sometimes I think if, if he had already done it, then we'd already be there. <laughs> he doesn't want any other lovers. He doesn't want anything in the way because we can't go in. He's holy. He's holy. He's telling us the way. It's, it's simple. He's telling us the way his word tells us. But there's a high cost. Whew. Acts 15, 16, and 18. After these things, I will return to you and raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen into ruin. I will restore and rebuild what David experienced so that all humanity will be able to encounter the Lord, including the Gentiles, whom I have called to be my very own, says the Lord, for I have made known my works from eternity. So he is calling us up. He is raising a church up, a tabernacle of David. Do you know that's the only thing that he protected when they, they were disobedient? And then the Ark of the Covenant, remember they took it to Obed-Edom's house. It was the only thing that God protected was the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant. So David went and got it finally and then brought it back. And then he hired, come on, he hired worshipers, 200 and some worshipers. Then, listen to this. I just heard this story and I was like, oh, Hannah. Hannah had Samuel. Hannah was called barren woman. Hannah went in to the priest, and she said, I want a baby. She was in there crying out to the Lord, and then the priest accused her of being drunk. And she was like, no, I'm crying out. So he prayed for her to have a baby. This is barren woman, Hannah. She's called. Her name means barren woman. So she says, you give me a son, I will dedicate him to the temple. <laughs> we were thinking he was like 7 or 11. He was, he was very young when she took him there. Samuel, what's the first thing when Samuel got there? He kept thinking that Elijah, Eli, yeah, Elijah, 
was um, calling his name. And, and then finally Elisha said, no, go back. It's the father calling your name. He was young, and he heard the voice of the father. And he served the Lord. And he even had to give Elisha a word because Elisha wouldn't reprimand his sons. So then he had to go in and give the word because Elisha said, give me the word. It was Eli, yeah. I know, I kept, I kept thinking it's wrong. <laughs> Eli, yes. <laughs> so he would go, he, so he heard from the, the Lord, so he was young. But not only that, she was barren woman. Listen to this. In the priesthood, you had to be in the Levitical line. Otherwise, you couldn't be a priest. You had to be in the Levitical line to be in the priesthood. Well, guess what? Hannah, barren one, gave her son. He was not in the little Levitical priest line. I think her name was Korah. He, he was not. Left him. He's the priest. He it was a foreshadow of what Jesus was going to do. And not only that, come on, we got to believe that our children can prophesy and they can rise up and hear the voice of the Lord. In this day, we need our children to know who they are. They won't survive. All hell is breaking loose, and if they don't know who they are, then they will not survive. They have to know who they are in Christ. And he says we are a kingdom of priests. So he is rising us up to be priests. Um, I was going to read that scripture, and I'm not seeing But he, he's rising us up to be a kingdom of priests. Did I tell you the part? Did I tell you the part that 168 of the worshipers were from her line that were hired? That's over half the singers around the tabernacle of David were from Hannah. And she was called barren woman. <laughs> So don't let anyone tell you, you can't do it, you're this, you're that. No. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, now where do I go? Because I skipped around a lot. Um, he calls us the sons of Zadok. They... they the sons of Zadok mean sons of righteousness. It was ministry before the Lord. Minister to God. He wants to hear our voice and spend time with us. We have to enter in. We, we're no longer satisfied in the outer court. We have to go in. And I picture it as I'm at the brazen labor, and I've got my hands up, and I say, nothing of me. Nothing of me because I can't go in. He's holy. I can't go in with anything of me. No residue of the world. No anything. We go in when we go in. Sometimes we don't even have to ask and our wounds are healed. He'll, wound, he'll heal our wounded soul. Sometimes we'll just be healed in his presence. Our back. You know, I mean, it's, it's in his presence that we're forever changed. So we need to go into his presence and spend time with him there so that we can hear his voice more clearly and that we, we know what he wants. We're ministering to him and we're saying, Lord, I just want what you want. I want what you want, Father. He's crying out. The earth is crying out. The earth is crying out. They know their purpose. 
we have to to step into our purpose and say, yes, Father, we want to do what you're calling out. We want to do what you're calling out. And he's rising us up to minister to him, minister to him first before we do anything. We give him our first. We give him our first fruits. We give him our first. And I skipped around so much. <laughs> Uh, oh, do do do. Well, I'm gonna share this then. I didn't think I was gonna, but this is this is really good. <laughs> when the priests would go in, they had different layers. They had they had the ephod on that and then they had the why am I forgetting names the thing with the stones <laughs> and then they had the things that held them and I think that the things that held them it's like the yoke he's saying that the priest this was prior to Jesus it was heavy it was heavy there were stones it was made out of gold it was heavy so the weight of praying for the 12 tribes was heavy and then they had these white linen garments that they wore under it. And the reason they wore those, because they could not sweat. They could not sweat in his presence. And this is where it gets good. Because sweat was the curse. Sometimes we think it was man and woman that was cursed. But it was the sweat and the ground that was cursed. But remember, when Jesus sweated blood drops in the garden, they dropped to the earth. Yeah. So there is no longer, there is no longer a sweat. And sometimes in ministry, we want to sweat. and We want to run here and there. I'm a doer, so I'm a sweater. I want, you know, I, I'm thinking, oh, the Lord wants me to do this, and he wants me to do this, and so I'm running around crazy. But he doesn't want my sweat. It's, we're going to rest in him. So when we go in, there's no sweat. We don't care how many people we reach. We don't care what we do because we said we're not our own, right? So whatever he tells us to do, we're just obedient to the Father, right? So we're obedient to him. He says, so we're listening for his voice. He says, go here, go there. Do this, do that. It's not that we avoid ministry, but we don't have to do it in sweat. He provides everything we need to do what he's called us to do. We don't have to fret. Now, me being a feeler, I let the nerves get in front of me. But as you do it, then you have to step out in faith at some point to be able to say, God, I can trust you. I can trust you to do this. Because he said he will never leave or forsake us. So no matter how scary it is. No matter how crazy you think it is that what God wants you to do, just do it. He's right there. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And then I love in Song of Solomon, he says, you, you take care of them little foxes. Little foxes are them little things whispering in your ear. You're not good enough or you don't know how to do that or all the people, the naysayers. But guess what he says? He said, lock arms and we'll do it together. So we'll do it together. So we take him. Well, we don't take him. He takes us. <laughs> we let him lead us. 
before I think we would do ministry and be like, uh, Jesus, you're going to catch up with me here? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm supposed to follow you. <laughs> I'm supposed to follow you. So, Lord, I just thank you. I, I just thank you that you want us to draw near to you and that there is more power inside of the temple. You said this was a heavenly replica. So I don't believe, yes, it is done with a new covenant, Jesus' blood. It's the new covenant. But if I, I love visuals, I guess, and I love that I can see right to heaven, right to heaven, because it's everything. He comes in. He lights the lamps. He provides for us. He provides for our ministry. We don't have to sit around and worry, worried because if the priests were provided for, then we are too because he says we are a royal priesthood. And I had that scripture, but I don't see it. But we are a royal priesthood. He says it. And that settles it. So this is what I always say. We need to picture ourselves as purple is royalty, purple is royalty, that we picture ourselves wrapped in his garment of righteousness. By no, by no means do I have the righteousness. It's by the blood of Jesus. He gives me this righteous robe that I can meet the Father. I can meet with him right there. I am a royal priesthood. So we can enter in. And don't we want to change the world for him, not for a religion, not for things, not for a building, but for him, for him. And we go there and we hear from him. He will, man, he will give us tenacious plans to be able to do so much. Even if one of us only listened, each one of us listened, just in this room, we could probably change the city as we go out, as we go out. Because the priesthood is a lifestyle. It is not just on Sunday or Wednesday. It is a lifestyle of daily entering into him. What do you want, Father? What do you want? And then I'm going to end with Luke. Luke 17. This one got to me. When the servant comes in from plowing or taking care of the sheep, does his master say, come eat with me? No. He says, prepare my meal. Put on your apron and serve me while I eat. Then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for what he was told to do? Of course not. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. So that's what he wants. He wants us to minister to him. He wants to eat first. Then we eat. Then he will take care of all those things. Seek him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added because we're seeking him. We're feeding. We're ministering to him first. So, are we tired of living in the outer court with no power and no authority? Don't we want to go deeper with him, to know his heart, to go and move in his strategies and what he wants from us? Let's, let's feast on him, well, us feast on him first.
Give him what he wants. He wants our heart. He wants every piece of us. Nothing held on to this world. Nothing. It'll vanish. So, Father, I just thank you. I know this was only a tinge of the priesthood. I just say make people hungry that they will seek out the revelation of you, Father. The real you. The King Jesus that is alive. Whose blood is still flowing. That's why we take communion. His blood isn't dried up on the altar. It is still flowing. It is still going. It's still working. No other name. No other name in the heavens or on the earth or below the earth. No other name. Jesus. 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 We thank you. We thank you and we love you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Will, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.